Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Jump into recruiting, recruiting tips, and recruiting metrics, which are very, very important for your organization to be able to effectively spend the money that you're using on recruiting rather than just throwing it out the window. Let's talk about why you want to overhaul your entire recruiting process. Okay, for some of you, maybe not your entire process, but definitely really taking a deep dive, looking at metrics, focusing on data to improve outcomes. Why are we doing this? Why are we spending money? Connecting your recruiting efforts to business results and tracking all aspects of your recruiting efforts so you're not just throwing money out the window. We know that recruiting is expensive. However, companies rarely properly budget for time or expenses, hence the need for metrics and data, which many organizations aren't using for whatever reason. So whatever those reasons are, let's stop using those excuses and let's move forward. You may want to consider doing, I call them pilot projects, you can do a case study, um, but you may say, okay, I want to make these little changes in my recruiting process, but I don't want to change it for all my jobs because I don't know if it's going to work. So take one job and you know, slice it up and say, for this one job opening, I'm going to change this one or two things, and then I'm going to track the results. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to scratch that, and I'm going to start over, and I'm going to change something else or put it back to what it was. So you can do that in a, in a couple different jobs to see what works. Just be careful because no two jobs are ever the same right? There, there's so many variables. So I try to change very little things so I can really track what actually, what the change was that actually affected a positive or in some cases a negative outcome. We need to make sure that our recruiting efforts are properly funded and there's enough time allocated. This is what I see a lot is that companies are desperate. We're all desperate. It's, I mean, it's a fact of life. We, somebody walks out on us or we are just really busy and we're, we're growing, but we can't fill a position. And so uh, we often throw a job ad up and it's not really a great job ad, but we just get it up there and we throw it out. We don't always put it on the right resource, um, you know, the right uh, recruiting source. We may not have done a compensation study. We may not have put in the ad what our wonderful benefits are, that it's a work from home, that it's remote, that it's a four-day work week, or whatever it might be. The other thing we may forget is crucial knowledge, skills, and abilities that should have been listed in the job description, which becomes the job ad. Need to make sure we have an appropriate candidate life cycle built out, just like we would for an, an actual employee. So... I encourage you not to put that job opening out there. Don't post a job ad until everyone involved in the life cycle. So HR, the recruiter, the hiring manager, the department manager, if there's any team members that are going to be meeting with the, uh, you know, the individuals that you narrow down to the end, make sure they all know, hey, this is going to be live uh, Monday. What is your schedule like? I've seen people go ahead, HR, 
or slash recruiting teams go ahead and post a job ad, not realizing that the hiring manager or members of the hiring team were on vacation. Well, what happens? Those candidates don't get looked at. And then the candidates get upset because these days, the whole reason we're here today is everybody's looking for your candidates. Everybody's looking for the same people. So if candidate applies to job A and job B, and job A never gets back to them or takes seven days to get back to them, and job B gets back to them the same day or the next day, who do you think they're more likely to go and work for? You know, assuming everything else is the same. But it is very, very important to be Johnny on the spot, to be on top of the candidate life cycle, every single part. And another thing is, the candidate life cycle, if we were doing this podcast, I don't know, just even five to seven years ago, I'd say, yeah, 30 days probably isn't too bad. Uh, 30 days is way too long right now. The candidates should be getting responded to immediately when they apply, at least to say, we got your resume and this is the next step. And then, okay, we're looking at your resume. We're going to pass it on to somebody else. Here's the next step. Somebody will be calling you. You have to quickly follow up with these candidates. If you don't, somebody else in another company will. When we do an appropriate candidate life cycle and everything goes well, we're going to have a much better new hire experience because many new hires do leave during their you know, um, 30, 60, 90 days because they were sold a bill of goods and they have found out that in a short period of time and they're going to leave. It's happening more now than ever because they don't feel bad about it because there's 10 other companies looking to hire them. So we want to make sure we have an appropriate candidate life cycle, the proper funding for job ads, time allocated on everyone's schedule. I even go as far as blocking out schedules in advance to say, okay, hiring team, whoever it is, if there's two or three people on there, I'm blocking out um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 11 till 1 on all of your calendars, and you will have candidates to, to interview at that time. I don't know who they are yet. Um, and if things go well and you have that all planned all the way back to the job ad, you know, backwards planning is what I call it, then you will have candidates. And if you don't, big deal. Then you cancel that appointment on their, on their calendar, but at least they blocked out their calendar so they didn't schedule something over that. Now, you do have to stress to them how important that is that they don't schedule something over a pre, uh, pre-planned out uh, interview appointment because they're going to lose candidates to the competitors. We also want to make sure that um, in certain jobs, you know, some jobs, somebody could jump in and within, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks, they're almost fully up to speed to somebody who's been there for a couple months or a year. Not ever going to be 100%, but they're like, okay, I'm experienced. You guys have a great training system, a new hire orientation. I'm fairly up to speed. Some other jobs, it might take three months, six months, nine months to be 100% effective or even 75% effective in a role. You should know that as the recruiter so that you could A, tell the candidate that um, so they don't feel bad about it when they're sitting at their desk going, I don't really know, feel like I'm being effective and I don't know what I'm doing in this role. Also, the hiring team should fully be aware of this. You think they would, you would think, well, they're the team. They would know how long it takes to be effective. But if you've never actually had this conversation with them, 
they may get frustrated that the new hire isn't catching on after 30 days when it actually takes six months to be even 75% effective in the role. So these are concepts that you do need to be talking about throughout the hiring process so that you're 100% transparent to everyone involved and so people start thinking like true business professionals. Remember, not everybody is uh, used to hiring. Not everybody's used to even managing people. So everybody on your hiring team is not used to having these conversations. I feel that they will actually be more respectful and in tune when you're having these high-level conversations, no matter what their level is in the organization. We also want to make sure, you know, after going through all this, that we determine the business outcomes associated with with proper funding, time allocated to the interview process, the appropriate candidate life cycle, the new hire orientation experience, the time to be effective. What does this mean for the revenue? What does this mean for the sales? What does this mean for any other business outcome that is important to your organization? Again, transparency to everyone is super, super important. Candidates today want to work where they feel respected and trusted and transparency is very, very, very important. Remember that what gets measured gets attention. So what I want to do next is jump into metrics. And it's going to be a little bit more difficult because, you know, we are on a podcast, but anybody can reach me at any time. If you would like any documents emailed to you, the best place to find me is probably LinkedIn or my email, wendy at thehrlady.com. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.